0: In today's show, we're looking back at the Portland Trailblazers. Portland Trailblazers. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. So we're here to talk about the Portland Trailblazers, a team whose uh, season went tits up very quickly, started out poorly, Lillard was hurt. Lillard then ended up finishing the season. They traded away McCollum and Covington and Powell. Didn't really aim to get better in those deals, just shedding some salary and that sort of stuff. And it didn't work out. Sorry, it worked out perfectly for what they were trying to do in terms of being terrible. But it didn't work out good in terms of being good, if you know what I mean. In terms of draft picks, their situation's a little bit complicated. At the moment, they have the sixth pick. I am recording this before we know who makes the NBA playoffs. They could very well get the New Orleans Pelicans pick. But if the Pelicans don't make the playoffs, so if they do make the playoffs, they don't get the pick. If it finishes between 5 and 14, so in the playoffs without jumping into the lottery, then the Blazers will get that pick. But if New Orleans makes the playoffs, then they don't get that selection. So they're going to have their pick, which is at the moment the sixth worst odds, or sixth best odds for the lottery but that could also drop down to 10. They have their own second rounder, pick 36. Um, and they also have a pick 59 from the Grizzlies, which of course is not really worth very much. Smock mock draft at the moment, has them selecting AJ Griffin at six and Jalen Duren at 11, Keon Ellis at 36 and Khalifa Diop at 59. But of course that pick 11's that Pelicans one, which we don't know. At this point, which direction that's going to go? Well, you know, because the game's already happened. I don't, because I'm recording it before that game. As you're well aware, these shows are pre-recorded as I head away and get a bit of a vacation or a holiday, as we would call it, a holiday in. So let's talk about the Blazers and their roster for next year. All right, some interesting, very interesting things happening here. Eric Bledsoe has got a $19 million contract, but it's only partially guaranteed. There's no way he's going to be around for the next season. So forget about that. Josh the Hitman Hart has partial guarantees on his two years, $13 million each for the next two years. I think they will bring him back. Jinglin Joe Ingles is an unrestricted free agent. He won't be ready to start next season. He's 34 years of age. I really don't think they'll prioritize bringing him back. He hasn't played for him. I don't think he will. Yusuf Nurkic is an unrestricted free agent. Nurkic is 27. He's an unrestricted free agent. I think they'll bring him back. I think he will play some, a pretty big role for him. Anthony Simons is a restricted free agent. He's going to get a big deal. 20 million dollars plus would be my guess. I still don't fully know how he's going to work next to Damian Lillard. Remember, all of his big numbers came replacing Lillard, and a lot of them came without Lillard and McCollum. Now, he's not going to have McCollum, of course, but how does he fit next to Lillard? That's a really big question. Ben was an unrestricted free agent. CJ Allaby and Elijah Hughes are restricted guys. I think Allaby, they might bring back. Hughes, I really don't think so. Uh, Macklemore, maybe, but probably not. And then you got guys like Kelgen Blevins and uh, Brandon Williams as restricted guys. Um, I think Brandon Williams is still on a two-way, to be honest. So I think he might stick around there. And he showed enough to at least be a full-time contract player. Blevins showed uh, nothing. I know he's related to Damian Lillard. But yeah, he's uh, not someone I think we should care about. But some interesting scenarios. Bledsoe will be gone. Nurkic and Simons the two big ones. How much do they pay Simons? Do they bring Nurkic back? Also, do they trade Damian Lillard? who is wanting this 50 million dollar per year extension he's 31 he's got already 2 years left actually 3 years left at 44 uh, 42 46 and 49 million and then he wants to extend and get 50 on top of that it's a terrible contract it's already a bad contract and it's going to be worse he claims he doesn't want to be traded but he's also like oh well if they trade me so i i, I am not ruling out lillard being traded this offseason I think it's a distinct possibility. And if that's the case, then we're really firing up Simons and Hard as that backcourt. There'll be some big numbers coming there. And whoever they get, whether it is Jalen Duran or AJ Griffin or whoever it is, comes in and be a part of that. They desperately need forwards. We know that. Their forward situation's rough. Yes, they lost Nassir Little. He was showing he'll be a starter. In fact, he probably will be a starter next year. But who else do they start in there? Is it? Is it do they think Keon Johnson can be that? Justice Winslow? Is it Trendon Watford who showed a little bit? They've got a big gap at forward, I, I think, as we uh, as we head into um, next season. But that's what the draft's for. That's what free agency's for. You've got to fill those gaps in as best as you can. They finished as the what 27-55. They were well above their expected win-loss of 20-62 because they just kept getting beaten by 30, 40 points. That's why their expected win-loss is so low. They had the worst defense in the NBA, they had the worst net rating in the NBA, and they had the twenty-seventh best offense in the NBA. A lot of this was by design, as they just tanked their asses off. Uh, but they not that they play, didn't play well to begin the year. Let's not get this confused. They didn't play well when Lillard was there. They played fine, but definitely below their talent. I'm still got plenty of questions about Chauncey Billups as a coach. But they, if Lillard had been healthy and they hadn't have tanked away, they would have probably made the play in. I'm guessing they into that tenth spot. Ahead of the San Antonio Spurs, that would be my guess. But our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. And I started taking AG1 because I just needed to get more of that healthy stuff, more greens, more vitamins, more minerals into my body. And this is an easy and cheap way to do it. It's one scoop per day. It costs like $3 a day instead of spending your hundreds of bucks on vitamins. Just get that scoop of AG1 into a glass of water every morning. Each scoop as well, it's really friendly for keto and vegan and paleo and dairy-free, but it contains one less uh, one less than one gram of sugar. It tastes actually great. I know people will disagree. Oh, yeah, it's, it's this green garbage. It tastes beautiful. It tastes unbelievable. I love the taste of it personally. And it is, AG1 is a small micro habit that you can get into your system every day that makes a meaningful difference. And it's really, really easy to do. Less than $3 a day, you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your coffee habit, let's be honest. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is gonna give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D really important vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network again. That is athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Let's talk Blazers. Let's talk players. Let's talk Damian Lillard, who was a pick that a lot of people were taking at pick five. I was looking at him like six to nine, probably seven, that sort of range. That's where his ADP ended up. And even before he got hurt, he wasn't there. He was not good. 38th ranked player on a per-game basis, 29th in points leagues, averaging 40 points. It's not bad. He had 24, 4, and 7 are not bad numbers. He hit three threes. But absolutely putrid steal numbers, 0.6. Shot 40% from the field, including 32% from three, and was 88 from the line. His abdominal issue, which has plagued him for years, was a real. It became a real problem. So much so that he had to have surgery on it. Now we didn't. We knew that he had an abdominal issue in Tokyo. We didn't know the extent of it until about a week into the season when I reported how bad it was and that surgery was an option. And it turned out just to be that it was really bad. It was probably the worst year of Damian Lillard's career. He still had some really solid, yeah, you know, advanced numbers like a plus two point seven. Um, in Raptor. He led the team in EPM, 89th percentile. He was still 74th percentile in estimated wins despite missing you know, 50 games. He played only 29 games. He led the team in LeBron. He's still really good. And I would hope and I would expect that with the surgery to correct this issue, which has been a bother for him for years. Now, we can't discount the fact that Lillard is older. He is, what, 32? It's going to be 32 next time the season starts that he's not going to be that same guy that he always was. Right? There is going to be a regression. and I, I think that's that's fair enough. But I think we also should expect him to be better than... What what we need is those 0.6 steals to go up to 0.9 even. 50% increase, not hard. 40% to go to 44. 32 from 3 to go to 36. 49 from 2 to go to 53. Like That can all very easily happen. And then you're back talking top 10 Damian Lillard. I ask you the question. And I know my answer. Are you scared of taking Damian Lillard in the first round? My answer is absolutely fucking not. No way. I, I'm not worried at all. I w- wouldn't take him at five. I wouldn't have taken him at five this year. Would I take him at seven? Probably not. In that trouble zone, which I don't know if it's going to be a trouble zone again, but it nearly always is. In that 11 to 15 range, would I take him? Yeah, I've got no problem with it. i got no no problem thinking that's going to be useful. Now, it could be disastrous, but the guys in that area are going to be Butler and George, and this year it was Beal. What do you do with those guys? I feel like Lillard will be fine. If you take him at 10 and he finishes 15th, oh well, not a big deal. I don't expect him outside the top 30 again. If he starts to struggle again with a shot, though, then we start to go, well, maybe it is age catching up with him. But I do think at 32, he might have two more years left as a top 20 player, would be my guess. At least one, maybe two. And then it will drop off. We've seen the best of the. That's not coming back. I don't think. So, there is a little bit of value there for Dynasty, but just be cautious about maybe buying in too much. But I I tend to think that people will avoid him a lot because of what happened this year. And I don't think that will be the correct way to go about it. Josh the Hitman Hart. Unbelievably good season. A guy that hung around in the offseason, just didn't get signed for a long time. Ended up back in in uh, New Orleans. Traded here, of course, as part of the CJ McCollum deal. 64th ranked player. Didn't see that coming at all. 50, uh, 73rd in points He's averaging 32 fantasy points. How did he do this? He averaged 15 and 7. Insane rebounder. The other thing he did, which is never really seen before, is four assists. He shot over 50%, including 60% from two. I looked at Josh Hart and went, I don't believe he's that level of shooter. I don't believe he's consistently going to get these assists. I was like, all right, Zion will come back. Uh, Ingram will come back. Um, All these things will happen and they never did. He started out the season with a knee injury and he was bad and then came back and was dominating. I I still don't know how much I believe that Josh Hart is a 60% two-point shooter. His advance numbers were really, really good. Like, really good this year. He was at he got to the rim a lot, 67% there. Pretty good number, but it's not outrageous. Yeah, EPMs are strong. Rebounding numbers are strong. Assist numbers are strong. I, I think he was just really solid, but under no circumstance would I take him in the sixth round where he was in a 64th ranked player. I just wouldn't do it. Outside the top 100, maybe. Is he going to start at the three next to Lillard and Simons? I, I guess that's possible with, with little at the four. Yeah. Yeah. But again, maybe Lillard goes, and it's Harden Simons. There's a lot of question marks still around him. He played 33 minutes a night, which is a shit ton. And I I don't think that you want to rely upon Josh Hart to play that many minutes. Good player, but I don't think he's that guy. Maybe you view Josh Hart differently. I'm not. I think he's solid. I think he's good. I think he can be pretty solid and pretty good, even moving forward. But I think what we saw this year might be... If we believe that's going to continue, I reckon it might lead us astray. Just just a thing, just a thought. He's he didn't play huge amounts in Portland. He was a negative 1.7 on off when he was there. Like he didn't play many minutes there. And again, it was on a really decimated squad. I'm using the colloquial definition of decimated there, not the actual long-standing definition, although I believe it has been changed in the dictionary. I know that's something you don't really care about. But let's go to Yusuf Nurkic. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Hit an ADP of 56. He ended the season as the 69th ranked player. Giggity. He started out slow and fired up towards the end. 56 was probably a little bit high. I think I ended up taking him in 50s or 60s in some drafts just because of the dearth of centers. And if you took him, say, ahead of the next guy off the ball, which in a lot of cases was Isaiah Stewart, that's an obviously huge win. But still, it was frustrating to see how out of shape he was at the start of the year or how little Chauncey Billups would play him at the start of the year. Because then towards the end, he was playing 33, 32 a night really comfortably. He ended up with just 25 minutes, averaging 15 and 11, three assists. Only 0.6 blocks, which is also weird. Why did he block so few shots? 53 and 69, shot 27%. I still believe a top 40 season's here for Nurk at some point. Because all of these numbers, advanced numbers were pretty strong. Like, Why did he hit just 27% from the three-point line? Why did, he, why did he block so few shots? Why did he play 28 minutes when the other alternatives was, was Cody Zeller, who was terrible? If he plays 31 a night next year, which is a big if, and the blocks go back to like one a game, not even two, like to 1.1, 1.2, he smashes the top 50. And I'm not going to draft him in the top 50. No way. I won't have to. I don't think. But I still have, a. he's only 27. I still have a lot of faith in him as a guy that still I don't think has been correctly used, I just hope that he comes into next season in shape. He led this team in Raptor. He led this team in Raptor War. He was third or equal second in EPM alongside Josh Hart. He was second in LeBron. As usual, his defensive numbers and his advanced numbers are all really strong. They've always been that way. We just don't get enough out of him playing time. Plus 13.8 is an insane, an insane on-off rating. Yes, it helps that Cody Zeller was your backup, but probably could have played him more than twenty-eight. I think, and yeah, uh, he can't. He just can't do it. That was a bullshit excuse. He could have played more. Billups made some errors early on in the season. Not saying he's the thirty-five-minute a night guy because he's not. I still believe in Yusuf Nurkic. Anthony Simons is a, another tough one to get around. Hundred and second-ranked player in fantasy, hundred and fourteenth in points leagues, averaging twenty-six points over the course of the year, but. We had a very different Anthony Simons at the start of the year where he was like the 300th best player when McCullum and Lillard were playing to when Dame went out and then CJ went out and he went bananas. And then CJ came back and he dropped off. And then CJ was traded and he went off again and then he went out. As the number one guy, top 25, top 30 fantasy player, very easily. Do you want him as your number one guy? I think the answer is no, you don't. He was really impressive. Like He was very good. I still don't know how the Lillard and Simons fit works together. I don't really think we've ever seen it work in the past, and we're going to have to try and see it work this year. I think the best role is eventually is that he replaces Lillard, and then the numbers will will come pretty big. He ended up averaging seventeen, great numbers. Two rebounds, that's rough. Four assists, half a steal. So the half a steal's rough. Eighty nine from the line is good. Forty four from the field's good, for him anyway. Forty one from three is excellent. Strong usage but a lot of elevation or inflation of numbers because of absences of players who are either going to come back or are going to be replaced. Doing so much with so few guys, is it's has value, but do we look at him and go, he's a second round player, a third round player, because that's what he was doing. Do we look at him as a ninth round guy where he ended up the season? I think the answer is somewhere in between. And how it all fits in is still a really, really big question mark. Again, defensively, he's a massive concern. But offensively, he was very good. And he took that third year or fourth year step up, which we see a lot of players do. His advanced numbers are fine. They're not brilliant. They're fine. And there is a role f- for him. I- I'm, just, I'm still fairly skeptical of how he fits with Lillard. Can't argue with a plus 11.4 net rating. That's an amazing on-off. Like, that's a huge number. Again, because the backups were shocking though. But how does he go next to Lillard? That's the question that we won't really have a strong answer for until we head into next season. And it's going to really complicate his fantasy draft position. I have no concerns whatsoever that he will be back in Portland. I, I There is no worries about that. He will be back in Portland. And he will be back on a pretty big contract, which is going to make things interesting as to how they value him. Um, but... How does it work when he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much as he did? That is the question. I'm seeing how how much they actually played together this season at the moment. I'm just trying to get those numbers up. But my uh, my website isn't giving me those answers, which is totally fine. We'll get that going at some point. Um, we'll get back to that. But yeah, where, where he fits is, I think, the really big question here. For Simons. Be wary of overdrafting. But if there is a drop-off next season, be ready to invest longer term for dynasty. So It will come. And we will see him take over from Lillard at some point. Literally, might be as early as next season. If they do decide to trade Dame. Be aware of that. That there's a lot to like here with him. They, they played only 376 minutes together this season. Which is interesting. And Simons had a usage of 19%. That's that is worth. That's worth, worth worth noting. All right, so just just be aware of that. That it was thirty one Lillard, nineteen Simons usage. Simons a different player now, but we can't discount that completely. You also can't discount Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, which Portland won't be a part of, and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. I'm sure that at BetOnline, you're going to have your season totals for next season come out soon. You'll be able to have a look at Portland. Do you go over-under on what they did this season, winning 27 games? You'll probably go over Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. line is where the game starts. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. I know, because I've tasted it. I've tasted other protein bars as well. They taste like crap. Built Bar has the great combination of being low in calorie, low in fat, low in sugar, but high in protein and absolutely through the roof in its DI, deliciousness index. Whether it's coconut, cookies and cream, orange, raspberry, strawberry, mint, peanut butter, brownie, so many great flavors for Built Bar. And you can get them for 15% off if you head to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15. That's built.com. Code is L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll save 15% off Built Bar, which is, of course, built different. Who are we going to look at next after Anthony Simons? That's where it gets rough. Chris Dunn was the 112th ranked player. He played 14 games. He's 28 years of age. He averaged 1.6 deals and 5.6 assists on a completely bullshit team that didn't wasn't real at all. So I wouldn't be looking at Dunn and going, ah, oh, he's find, found his spot. Yeah, Yeah, he's found his spot. A March signing on a team that's trying to lose. Maybe they bring him back. Do I care for fantasy? Absolutely not. Offensively, he's still an absolute disaster. And he's, what, five years older than Brandon Williams. I'd much rather give Brandon Williams that opportunity. But much like when they ran a Lillard-McCullum backcourt, they're going to run Lillard-Simons, and they're, they're your two point guards. They don't really need to run a backup point guard because Lillard will come off and Simons will handle that role, and vice versa. So I wouldn't be like, oh, they'll just get done to play that role. Eric Bledsoe, 32 years of age, 25 minutes. I thought he had a chance as the starter in um, L.A., To be useful enough. He actually ended up the 162nd ranked player and had some moments as 12 team value, but fell away considerably. Minutes dropped off, the shooting's not there, doesn't hit threes anymore, doesn't really do anything. Um, I find it tough to believe he'll find any sort of role which will make him worthwhile for most fantasy leagues. His offensive is just, it's the advanced stump is really rough offensively. Defensively, strong. Like plus one EPM, negative 2.2. uh, offensively. like That's really bad. But there was some things there that he can be chucked in as a bench, defensive guard. I just don't think they're going to keep him because of the size of his salary and he'll probably be moved on from and I don't think we really even need to talk about him fantasy-wise again. He's 32. Nassir Little's an interesting one. Just turned 22. Started to get his feet under him. 184th ranked player this year. In points leagues, Little was 177th. He averaged just under 10 points with five and a half boards. A block a game. Very useful. 46 and 73 with his percentages, 33% from three. Like some okay-ish numbers. Nothing brilliant, nothing blowing our minds, but solid. EPM really liked him, plus 1.4. That's very encouraging. It goes Nurkic, Lillard, Cam McGriff. That's a real person. And Nasir Little. Obviously, we don't count McGriff. Little was just starting to find his groove. And the Covington trade was going to happen, all that sort of stuff. And, was gonna start, and Little was going to start. Little, not Lillard. Little was going to start and play good minutes. He started to impress us, which is really good. EPM was strong, finished at the rim well. He still needs some work on his three-point shooting, but he's going to work his way into being a solid solid NBA starter on a subpar team. Plus 11.3 net rating is obviously really good as well. Took some big steps forward this season. Is there a huge gaping hole on the wing forward spot for these guys? I said gaping hole. My partner just looked at me. Did she think I was talking about her? Nah. <laughs> well, I am, I am very sorry. And as this show is going to air, we are sitting in France enjoying a nice vacation. I'm sorry about that. I just wanted to get a reaction out of you. In the room, you can't see her face. She was... Should I cut this out? Maybe I should. I don't know. We'll see. After discussion with my lawyers, we will keep that in for <laughs> for, for now. Um, back to Nassir Little. Yes, there is a gigantic opportunity for him at the forward position for next year, and he should get to 30 minutes. And I think he'll be a really popular pick. Does he have the ability to have a Miles Bridges blow up? I don't know about that. Does he have the opportunity to do that? Yeah. The opportunity is going to be there. So he's going to be someone at this early stage that I'm going to be interested in targeting. The little sneaky one block a game he gives you is nice. Can he hit two threes? Maybe. Is it possible that the average is 15 and eight, one block, one steal, two threes? Uh, Yes, I think so. I don't think he can ever become a top 40 player. I don't think he's that guy. But there's enough here to, I can say that next season, I feel pretty okay or pretty confident of a decent sized blow-up-slash-breakout-slash-establishment-as-a-solid-to-low-end NBA starter. And that's, like, damning with the faintest praise of all time, but I think it's true. We're at Drew Eubanks. League winner. He was good, though, wasn't he? Especially when Nurkic went down and then Trenton Watford was out. He did everything. His numbers for the season aren't all that impressive. 8 and 5. 0.6 blocks, shot 60% and 76 from the line. They're really good numbers. But what we saw is when Nurkic went down, which is a common occurrence, that old mate Drew Eubanks stepped in, and then when Watford went down, played big minutes, and was massive for us in fantasy. If you had him, he was great. Yeah, when that injury to Nurkic happened, yeah, Eubanks and Watford to me were pretty close in terms of where their value would lie. In the end, it was Eubanks who put up those numbers, and over the last yeah you twenty know, odd games, he was a top seventy player, averaging fourteen and eight. Only half a block, which is pretty rough, but the efficiency numbers are through the roof, 65 and 68. Is this any realistic expectation for him moving forward? Uh, of course not. He's a, Is he a better backup center than Cody Zeller? Probably. I'm, just, I'm not convinced that he is. He probably, no, he's not true. He probably is. But defensively, he sucked, and he just took advantage of a disaster of a situation. He's a name to keep in mind in case Nurkic is gone, but I don't think that if you are a team that is serious, you're going, well... We've got center-sorted boys. Drew Eubanks is there. As an 18-minute-a-night guy coming off the bench, sure. Yeah, I, I get that. But I don't think this little stretch made me go, yeah, NBA starter. Reggie Perry played some games. That's cool. I don't think Reggie Perry really much of an NBA guy. I think Trenton Watford is, though. Really liked what I saw. He's only 21. He averaged 18 minutes a night, 7 points, 4 rebounds, 0. 0.6 blocks, 0. 0.5 steals, 53 and 75. I was impressed with what Watford was able to do. We didn't get a huge sample. And defensively, his advanced numbers are actually pitiful. They're atrocious. 4th percentile defensively in EPM. 18th percentile overall. Like These are horrible numbers. The same goes with his like numbers on LeBron. Like They are putrid. His um, negative 12.6 on-off is horrendous. But still, they are all bad as a rookie. As an undrafted rookie... Who started 10 games and averaged 15 and 6 with a steal and a block on, on a true shooting of 58? That's bloody encouraging. Again, would I look at him as a starter as we move forward? No. But there's enough there that at age twenty one, give it three, four more years. Can he knock out a top one fifty season? Maybe. Is there any danger of him taking over Nasir Little? I don't think so. Joe Ingles is, is sorry to say, like I think he's cooked as an NBA solid contributor. Even before the ACL injury, he played 25 minutes a game, averaged seven points. He was outside the top 250. He was drafted in a lot of leagues. I don't really understand why, but he was. And that's just not going to be the case anymore. Another one of their guys that they brought in, Brandon Williams. 27 minutes a night, 13, three, and four. Horribly inefficient. True shooting of 47% is just atrocious. Um, He was a good free throw shooter in the G League. For some reason, he couldn't really get those numbers going in the NBA. I just, yeah. I think there's something there with him. He had really good usage, which he's just not going to have when the team is real. Everything else was pretty bad. True shooting, horrible. Finish 44% at the rim. That's like a disgusting, badly bad number. 29% from three. He just could not shoot. Defensively, I don't think he's particularly good either. I think this is one of those, hey, remember when Isaiah Canaan played 30 minutes or remember Ray McCullum played 48 minutes a game for the Kings at one st- stage in, in April? This is what this feels like to me. Already put up some numbers. The inefficiency was horrible. Um, But nothing here suggests future starter in Brandon Williams' future. Sorry, Brandon, if you're listening. Who else do we need to talk about here? Benny McLemore, I don't think we really need to focus on him. Justice Winslow, I thought was solid enough. The shooting is always going to be an issue. 43 from the field, 59 from the line. But he can rack up defensive stats. He can be a steal and a block guy. He can play some small ball center. I think in general, we've seen his best numbers come as a center or as a point guard. And when they try to push him in as a wing, it doesn't really work. And when looking at how the Blazers team is set up, he's probably going to have to play as a wing to get minutes. And I don't really see there's any way outside of mass injuries that he's going to be anywhere close to a top 100 player. I thought he showed some resurrection to his career this year. Defensively, he's still really good, but there are so many gaps in his game offensively that I'm just not certain that it's going to ever translate into a big role. Keon Johnson came across as a big part or the main part of the Norman Powell, Robert Covington deal. He showed some things, didn't he? Not really, but sort of, I guess. He averaged seven points on 35% shooting. I can guarantee you 35% will come up. He might be a 40% guy or 41% guy next year. He really struggled in LA, LA. He struggled a lot of the time in Portland. His advanced stats are rough. Like really rough. But there was enough there with a little bit of flashing with some of his passes to get marginally interested. In his 12 starts, he played 30 minutes, 12, 3, and 4 with 1.3 steals. Shot horribly. True shooting 49 is really bad. But a little bit there in terms of creation on the wing. And don't be surprised to see him maybe crack the top 200 next year if Josh Hart goes down. Over his last six games, 127th ranked player, 13, 3, and 5. Five assists and good steals as a wing creator. There's, it's a little bit of something there. As for guys like Didi Luzada, Elijah Hughes, Kelton Blevins, not really interested in those players. CJ Allaby, 20 years of age. Sorry, 22 years of age. Average six points. Like He's fine. I thought he would have developed into a better shooter than he has. I don't see much there. While Greg Brown... Yeah, the shooting was better than expected. But offensively, I think he's a real, real issue. Um, Very hard to plan for him to be ever good in that, that area. Defensively, there are some things there. The shot blocking for him is really good. And that can be useful as at least a streaming option in fantasy leagues. But I don't really look at him and go, yeah, you've got a piece for the future who's going to be a guaranteed rotation or starting caliber guy. He's got some potential. I like him more than a CJ Allaby. I don't I don't think I like him as much as Trenton Watford though or Justice Winslow, even though Winslow's obviously older. And that will do it for me, talking about the Portland Trailblazers. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And I'm sure after my partner listens back to this, I'll be newly single. So... Good luck to me in the rest of my life. Here you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.